welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope that they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode three of season six of This Osteopathic Life. Happy to be here with you on the 15th of February. We are one day past Valentine's Day, which this year coincided with Ash Wednesday and was one day later than Mardi Gras and a really fascinating confluence of events there. And not everyone observes or celebrates any of those occasions or holidays, holy days, all of those pieces. But it was fascinating for me, having grown up Catholic and observed Lent for many years, actually one of my favorite seasons in the calendar of the church for the introspection, for the opportunity to fast from the perspective of mindfulness, not necessarily of restriction, but from this sense of I'm doing something by choice and it makes me more aware when I do participate in it. And I love the idea that evolved over the years of adding in things, not necessarily always taking away things, right? So maybe it is that I'm going to read more minutes or walk more steps. And there is that idea. And I know we could get down to the pure kind of um, doctrine of what is meant to happen during that fasting season of Lent. But not always, right? Just eliminating soda or sugar or whatever that might be. But thinking about what does my life need more of and how can calling that in, in many sense, it requires us to eliminate something else to create the space. But it's doing it from this perspective, not just of kind of this restrictive nature, but from this abundance of spirit, of health, of positivity, of life, of light, and noticing those opportunities. So a little bit of my own spin on that, but seeing it happen on the same day as chocolates and cards and sweets and indulgences were being doled out was a fascinating juxtaposition. And certainly you could opt into or out of either one of those, choose to start your Lent a day later or acknowledge that Valentine's Day doesn't have to be about those sweet things. And just noticing sometimes how those juxtapositions can be fascinating And actually call us to be more thoughtful about, well, why are we doing any of this? And what do I actually choose? And what do I want to do? And am I doing this because of the masses or because of a requirement or because I really love and enjoy it? And as I was talking with my children about this coinciding date and the different practices that happen, and in our world, they're more familiar with something like the Whole30, which many years we would practice in January where you do eliminate, right? You restrict certain food groups, and it's meant to be a reset and a cleanse, and certainly applying this to children is done so with the mindfulness of full and whole nutritious food. So there's really nothing lost in that process. There can be challenges around the mindset that can happen as to these foods are bad versus we're prioritizing right the positive aspect, the osteopathic aspect of we're prioritizing consuming whole unprocessed foods. It encouraged creativity in meals, and it did offer that mindfulness I was sharing with my niece that for me, it was a simple act of taking a lifesaver off the counter in my practice many years ago. Every time I would bring a patient out, right, check them out, bring them, walk them to the front desk and just take one in there comprised entirely of sugar, corn syrup, and some different mint extracts. And so they wouldn't qualify on a Whole30. 
And it took some tries, right? That Pavlovian response, you just walk to the desk, you pick one up, you tear open the wrapper, you have the refreshment of the mint. And then I had to pause and say, well, wait, right? I'm, not, I'm choosing not to do this this month. And why was I doing that before? And now you could certainly say, right, sometimes mints are really helpful, <laughs> particularly when you are up close and personal with your patients. But also many times, I certainly didn't have one every time I took a patient to the front desk and checked them out. So the mindfulness that comes with it and being careful also to say this isn't a good food, bad food. It's an awareness practice. And sometimes when we do get too restrictive, I've seen this either partway through or even in the rebound, complete the whole 30 and then begin to eat foods that were never even anywhere on the horizon for you, right? You're going back to childhood comfort foods and everything out of a box. And so it can certainly have an opposite impact. But in any case, all the way around, as I was bringing this forward and talking about what these two days could be and how they have some opposing goals and practices involved, my daughter offered up. She said, that's great. I get it. I might consider, right, no sugar or less sugar afterward, but she's like, on Valentine's Day, I'm having all the things. (laughs) And what I loved about that was that ownership of it, that check-in. She considered it, right? There wasn't just a hard stop, no way. She said, oh, that's interesting, right? And there's familiarity. Yeah, I've seen when that's happened before, but for me, right? And she didn't say nobody should do this, but for me, right, on this day, regardless of where it falls otherwise, I am choosing to embrace Valentine's Day as the day that sweets and treats are provided and I am going to embrace them. Now, ironically or not, she often can't have many of the treats because she does have some food restrictions that span not just challenge times, but just for what her body likes the most. And there isn't a whole lot of indulgence anyway, but for those little pieces she can have, right? She was making the space for that to be available and accessible for her. All that around, my title for this podcast is Surprise, right? So it's labeled as such. And I thought about it as I was coming into the podcast and I thought, oh, (laughs) kind of like the monster at the end of the book. Probably everyone would be expecting that there was going to be some big surprise reveal. And I don't know that there is. (laughs) If there is one, it will also be a surprise for me so we can be in that space together And just like in The Monster at the end of the book, beautiful, brilliant book. And of course, if Grover told you in advance that he was the monster at the end of the book, and I will spoiler alert this (laughs) when I post the podcast, you might not turn the pages with such joy and curiosity and wonder and maybe a little fear and anticipation. However, we all know that there is probably a rare person in the world who has only read that book once. So even when you know the ending, right, if it is written beautifully and well enough with the cute, cute, lovable, furry old Grover involved, you'll read it even knowing what the surprise is or that there is no surprise or monster at the end. I did, however, feel compelled to offer up for those who might not be surprise-oriented or who might be really disappointment-oriented that there is not some big reveal or surprise at the end, to my knowledge. Again, where this goes, (laughs) we will see. And so something invites itself in, we can embrace that together, but at this moment of recording, that is not the intention. The intention is to explore the idea of surprise, and that might not surprise you if you've been with me for any of the episodes over these past six seasons to know that the exploration of a concept is my happy place, especially in podcast format. And to think about what surprise means to us and how we really feel about surprises. And also the opportunity to see that we can choose how we feel about surprises in advance and even after the fact. So at the end of this episode, you get to decide how it is for you to consider the surprise factor that has been involved throughout 
And you might lament that I didn't create some big buildup, even if it was going to be that it was simply Grover at the end of the book. However, I also know that for those who might not love a surprise, right, or might be really hanging on for that and then to not have it, and I know I cannot manage your feelings and you are welcome to feel elated or disappointed, and that is okay. I hold space for all of that for you and for me. However, I want to be clear and transparent. I've been talking in one of my coaching programs recently about transparency and communication and to know that we're here to explore the concept of surprise, not necessarily to reveal one. And at the end of this, you might feel inclined to create a surprise or to approach surprises differently. And if you do, I'd love for you to leave a comment on the podcast, on a review, on any of the This Osteopathic Life spaces, on social media, or send me an email. I always love to hear about your experience. In any case, here we are (laughs) at this point with a brief tangent at the beginning and some transparency around what surprise may or may not occur. And let's dive in now to the ideas around surprise and what brought this forward for me today. And yes, the podcast really does present itself in the moment. There have been times I have followed some different scripts, not necessarily episode specific or words on the page, but more so the outline, let's say, when I went through the activation process, those 12 components, I knew each day, right, which ones we were going to go through. But the majority of the episodes are something that happens right in my life and a discussion that I have. And I bring it forward. Oftentimes I'll look up the word. You've been there with me. We've read through definitions and kind of peeled them apart and dove deeper into them. And today is no different. So I'm looking out the window at my office and there is some white fluff on this lovely garden rooftop that is on the third floor with me. And that means it is snowing. Now that's not at all inappropriate for the 15th of February. However, (laughs) in Northern Michigan, I should say. However, for the 15th of February, 2024, in the context in which winter has presented itself, it was entirely surprising. And this morning, I opened the door to walk outside to get something from the food storage space we have in the garage. And I truly was surprised to see quite a bit of snow on the ground. And again, if it were any other February, most other, maybe not every other or any other, but most other Februarys that I have lived in Michigan, it's pretty typical to have snow on the ground. It's actually most of the time reassuring to have snow on the ground at this time of year. And for those who love winter sports like me and my children do, it's exciting to have snow on the ground at this time of year. However, for the past month, there has been very little snow. The glass is, the grass, <laughs> glass is half full, but the grass is fully visible. And it was surprising. Now, earlier this week, it snowed, but a really little bit, right? Not much to speak of. And it was gone almost before you could even notice it on the ground. But this seemed to have been accumulating. And so I opened the door. I was surprised. I walked out, got the food, walked back in and alerted my kids. My older son drives himself and his brother to school so to go out and you have to wipe the car and to frost and all of those pieces. And similarly, there was a sense of really, what, why? <laughs> why would I do any of those things? Because there has not been this frozen precipitation happening in our world. And so notice here this meta moment of surprise because truly, if we take a wider approach, if we pan out to all the Februarys in my lifetime, let's say, it would be surprising not to have snow on the ground. So actually what's been happening all these other days of this portion of the winter season is a surprising aspect in as much as it's not typical. However, today, when we narrow in on that snapshot, we take a shorter window of time, a couple weeks, let's say, and it is surprising to have snow on the ground. And so recognizing that the feeling of surprise, right? That's what's happening, feeling surprised. 
comes not from the circumstance, because if we took the straight circumstance, snow on the ground, February 15th, Traverse City, Michigan, right? Surprise is likely not the typical feeling that goes with that. But if we look at that thought in between or we look at the context of what's happening, we're saying, oh, I didn't expect snow today. So it's surprising to me because my brain said it is not going to snow for the rest of winter or it hasn't snowed in the last two weeks, right? So that seeing the snow on the ground is, oh, I didn't expect that. And if you look at the feeling of surprise, any circumstance, whether that be right a birthday, some of those typical places we experience surprise, a result on a test for better or for worse, notice that the common thought, and I would challenge you, and it's not the only thought, right? it's not the exclusive thought to have a relationship with the feeling of surprise, but it is a very common thought, right? They hang out a lot of the time. <laughs> They're very social. I didn't expect that, right? And we feel surprised. And sometimes, like we said, test result, let's say, and if that test result is above, right, what you expected, right, that I didn't expect that you feel surprised, it can also, also lead into things like elation and relief, right? So surprise can have those friends that hang out. Now, if you were expecting, right, to get an A on the test and you got, let's say, less than an A, maybe by a couple levels on the grading scale, I didn't expect that. Any feeling of surprise could then tip into feelings of disappointment, frustration, embarrassment even, so noticing that simple statement, I didn't expect that. I did not expect that. If we take the conjunction out of there, I did not expect that. I was counting syllables, <laughs> but five words by my count there. And how that invites in surprise. And now if you're a person who identifies as loving surprise and noticing that's your story, right? There are people who love to be surprised, who love not to know and to arrive to something and to have all these different elements that they never expected, right? It's there. It is always in that space. Always. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> it is very often in that space. <laughs> I don't like to commit to the always and nevers. And there are people who loathe surprises. Also a story, but they are people who like to know. I want to know what to expect. And we are casting no judgment here. We are simply practicing. We're putting on our master notice or hats or jackets. Some people aren't hat people, so maybe a jacket <laughs> is preferable for you. Or maybe a button, right? So you want to be able to put on different jackets. But in any case, we are inviting in our capacity to notice. How do we feel about surprises? And then why? And if you boil it down to be, distill it down to that idea, well, I like to know what's happening. I like to plan for it. I like to have options, right? I want to know if I can be in or out of this situation. And that is okay. We could also take that down to different levels and say, well, why, right? Why do you need to know and to plan? And again, tone matters. And I want to be clear that it's not like, who needs to know or you shouldn't need to know, but I'd like to know more. Why? And what will happen if you can't, right? So, so many times that question can be really helpful to say, well, if we can't know and, and for those who are super planners, we can't know everything, right? And I, I'm with you on that on a lot of levels. I'm not a planner for a lot of things. However, I do like to anticipate, right? There can be this sense of, you know, planning out all the different scenarios. So while I don't necessarily plan, and I have people in my life who are very systematic, they have binders for vacations and they have agendas and schedules, and that can all be really helpful and lovely. But for me, my planning comes in, I'm gonna do my best to anticipate every scenario. And we can look at why that comes into play. And many times it's because there has been an unfortunate experience in the past where you now have to protect yourself, right? By anticipating all these different situations and having all these plans in place. And it's not to say you don't need to do that, gloss over that, but recognizing the why of you needing to know 
and loathing surprise can be an opportunity to be with yourself and to honor those needs, not even necessarily to change and say, oh, I'm suddenly going to love surprise because I no longer need to do any of those things, but to say, you know, for me, it's a safety issue. It is really a protective measure to not tolerate surprise. And it might be at this juncture or in this context or at this degree and being able to communicate that with those around you. And again, we unfortunately cannot control all variables, but in those spaces. So for example, you might communicate to people around you like surprise party, not for me. Now, it is up to others to honor that. We can't control their behavior. And I'll talk to you about how you can still right, manage if a surprise party is offered to you. And that's just one example because it comes so frequently. Like if you do the connections, <laughs> you know, the Wordle cousin game from the New York Times, right? Surprise and party, <laughs> birthday party, right? So we have these that naturally link up retirement parties. So you might have those. And if that comes up in connections, right, give me a shout out when you solve those and you say all of them are types of parties. But I'm using a party as an example here around surprise simply because it has that frequent connection. Any case, if you're recognizing that for yourself, you can put some of those measures in place. You can communicate that more clearly to those around you. And you can also notice that you have a disinclination to surprise someone. It is probably because of your own experience and your tolerance for that element of surprise. Also, okay. But if you are interacting with someone who loves a surprise, there can be some imbalance there. And it can be important to notice, even though I wouldn't like this, right? If they do, I can plan it for them. And even if you're the planner, you get to be the planner. You know, you know the elements of surprise. So look at this way you can engage with surprise and provide it for someone else and remove some of those elements that feel like they are too much or put you in too severely of a vulnerable space. And again, not in the open heart growth vulnerability, but in the the scared vulnerability. It is okay. It's okay to have those feelings and experiences. So checking in with that. If you're a person who loves surprise, maybe get curious about that. And truly just to understand what do I love about not knowing what to expect? And maybe it could be the simple flip of the coin. I don't have to plan for anything, right? I just get to be and embrace it. And I trust myself to be in this situation, right? And now we could see There could be tone in either of those and some judgment and bias. Of course, like I'm a human. I am a human who coaches and I try to eliminate a lot of those biases. But you can see, right, it can feel very bold and brave and courageous to love surprise. However, it can feel laissez-faire or flaky. I can't help but going back to episodes of Friends (laughs) and Phoebe and first it's an insult and then it's just like, oh yeah, I'm flaky. That's how it is, right? I don't want to put all this other plannery into it and I want to just be there with it and embrace it too. And these are not the exhaustive list of reasons that people love or loathe surprise, but they are possibilities. And seeing that as well, if you're a person who loves surprise, you might want to offer that to people in your circles. You might want to plan surprise parties or surprise them with little things. And again, there can be degrees for sure, right? Leaving someone a simple note that's a surprise can be different than an entire party, right? And all the elements that go into that. And so knowing someone who doesn't love surprise doesn't mean there can never be any format that's appropriate. And someone who loves surprises, you don't have to surprise them every moment of every day. And then almost they're expecting to be surprised. And then a surprise becomes less surprising. (laughs) And in fact, if someone is always being surprised, what's more surprising for them, just like, you know, the fact that now there's snow is actually not being surprised, right? Like you surprise me every day and you didn't today. And then that becomes a surprising, but being a disappointing way. <laughs> so that was all the different ways we can interact with this same experience. And then noticing too. So if you do have this experience of surprise and you have this thought, I didn't expect that. 
And like we said, there was this continuum where it could tip into elation and joy and, you know, disbelief in maybe the good way, right? Or it could tip into this frustration, disappointment, shame, embarrassment, knowing if those are on a continuum, and it's not necessarily linear, right? I like to think of spherical ways that feelings kind of can behave and interact. But checking in to say, oh, okay, I didn't expect that, right? And then there could be this follow-up thought of, it's terrible, right? What happened? Why did I do so poorly? If we're talking about the exam score. Or I didn't expect that. Huh, right? Like, I must have, you know, more of them must have seeped in during my study hours than I thought, or maybe that test wasn't so hard. Or maybe I locked out, right? And notice even there, you can start this narrative of not deserving. I didn't expect that and I don't deserve it, right? I didn't expect that and it's not fair. I didn't expect that and it's amazing, right? And you can't see me. <laughs> and maybe someday I'll do YouTube versions of the podcast. But I'm moving in the cardinal directions, right? Kind of west and east and north and south with those thoughts and how they can lead you from surprise. And I won't say that it's a neutral experience, but I'm putting it neutral in the term of this continuum for the illustrated purpose and then it tips into right more enjoyable experiences in those we might not wish to have and so if you're faced with something you did not expect just like this podcast (laughs) who knew we're gonna from valentine's and lent to snow and surprise and parties and uh, exams all of those things right so there is some surprise involved here but if you are faced with something you did not expect notice right that you can decide as it's happening after it's happening what that means. And you have the opportunity, right, to say, well, that's terrible. I hate this. I don't want to do it. It's not fair. How dare they? How is this my result? And that could be an exam. It could be a diagnosis, right? And all of that, again, is okay. You are human and that you are entitled is not the word I wish to use, but you have accessible to you all the different ways to react to any situation. Now you might say, I didn't expect that. Well, this is interesting, right? That can be the, the neutral space. That's a non-word in our house, right? Interesting, like, tell me more about what that means. Or, hmm, I wonder what else this is going to open up for me. Or, well, this actually made it. So I took a pause and it built connection and it helped community. And it doesn't mean you have to love this, right? I've had the experience of many people in my life having medical diagnoses. Not ideal, right? They certainly didn't expect them, don't like them. But there are different reactions and some can be in lamentation and resistance, again, totally okay and totally normal and totally human. And some that say, well, right, this is a lesson and a gift and an opportunity and what else here? And so just seeing that. So if you experience surprise and something you did not expect, and even if this is years later now, right, and I've had to work with this in my own life and again, work with this, right? This is not, I did it, I'm done. I'll never have any problem with that thing I didn't expect again. No, right? Life is cyclical. We get closer to and farther away from things depending on our own evolution and our relationships, stage in life, all kinds of different factors. But to be able to say, well, I did not expect that, right? And there are many factors about my life. I say, yeah, right? (laughs) When I was vision boarding my life as a four-year-old, and no, I didn't have the magazine out, but right, we had ideas of what life would look like at different stages. And there are things that have happened, right, in my life and likely in yours too. I'm postulating, but I'm gonna just throw that dart toward the board and maybe not barbecue sauce the bullseye, but get it at least in the grand purview, a scoring dart anyway. So there's probably something in your life you didn't expect. You were surprised, right, by this thing that happened, this job you had, this place you were, this relationship, all those different elements. And notice, and maybe I do, maybe I need a whiteboard (laughs) for these (laughs) episodes, but as it is a podcast, right, you can't see it. All the different directions and branches you can move from that I didn't expect that 
Well, what did you expect? And why? And what does it mean now when this is what's happening? And this is the experience of coaching. And for me, this has been the experience of the practice of medicine as well. We are on the podcast called This Osteopathic Life. And for me, it was always this conversation with patients. And I didn't know it was coaching and it was medicine as well. It is medicine. There's no past tense here. But seeing this opportunity to say, well, I didn't expect to have chronic back pain. Okay, right? And what does it mean, right? What is a person with chronic back pain? Like, is there some valuation that's happening for you there? Or does it mean some limitation on their life? And you might say, well, yeah, right? There might be some functional limitations. However, right, we can decide what that means and how broad that goes and how we approach it and our attitude to that. And so many times, right, I'm not a person who can't do X, Y, and Z. I didn't expect to be here at this level of debilitation at this stage of my life, if ever. And if we're able to say, okay, well, if we are here right now, right, and if there's this incongruence, and there's another word, and I was looking back to see titles of podcasts, and maybe if I happen to repeat one, I happen to repeat one, and I would bet there'd be some common threads and also be very different because I would be speaking about that phrase, that term, that experience from this moment, this me in this chair right now, and that would be very different than season two, Amelia. In any case, if there's an incongruence between right how you expected yourself to be, and we'll take it from the mechanical perspective, not having back pain, not having these physical and functional movement limitations, and you in fact do right in that moment, let's say they're not forever, hopefully not, or we believe in self-healing, but we also know there can be different levels of recovery within the body. And if simply you stay in that space of, right, I didn't expect to be the person with this pain and these functional limitations, and you are, and all you keep thinking is I didn't expect to be here, you will be nowhere else but there, and you will continue to be there with a whole lot of resentment and resistance and very little possibility for forward movement or any movement, right? We're talking about functional movement here, and it's not always forward, but even lateral movement can be nice on some days when we feel like we're so stuck. And so allowing yourself to not simply stay in the state of surprise and just circle around, right? We talk about getting stuck in thoughts and just circle around. I didn't expect that. And you say, well, that's what's happening. So I didn't expect it. (laughs) And there's a resistance. There is a resistance. Hello. (laughs) Added three (laughs) SIS syllables. I made resistance, the word Mississippi and put it all together. (laughs) In any case, if you stay simply in, I didn't expect that. And in a state of surprise, or shock, or resistance, right? Because they can all be feelings that come from that same parent thought, right? The parent thought didn't just have one child. It can have many. And see, if you stay in this infinity loop, I didn't expect that, right? And so you refuse to see that that's what it is, and also refuse to see there's any other possible way of being, or refuse to see that the fact that it is how it is might actually be how it's meant to be, and asterisk here, here might be the surprise. It is how it's meant to be because it is how it is. And I'm saying this 100% as much to me as I am to you, not because I have magically cured this. And that might be the surprise too. I'm not going to tell you how to make this all better. I am going to offer to you that it doesn't have to be this way indefinitely. And it's totally normal to visit this from time to time and sometimes more times than not. And also to say that simply recognizing it, right? Recognizing that, oh, I'm in this space of surprise because what is happening in my life right now is not what I expected. And I haven't been able to move anywhere beyond that. And not because I can't, or I don't have the cognitive capacity or the emotional capacity, but because I'm just in this land of, huh, like I did not expect that. Even if you're not mad about it, (laughs) but you're just surprised. And because of that, you stay there. 
And I offer to you this jumping off point and I will offer it to me and to you. And maybe next week we'll visit this together in a new way and see what has happened from there. I can't promise that because whatever happens immediately prior to the podcast is the most likely thing to make it on unless I jot a note to myself or record something in advance of the day I release it, which again, highly unlikely to happen. More likely I would record an extra episode (laughs) and share those thoughts with you. I'm just going to, I'm just going to share that, right? Because I'm telling you the aspects of surprise and not surprise that are true for me. But to say, if we're in a space where we say, I did not expect that to consider asking a follow-up question of yourself or even inviting someone to have a conversation with you, you know, this is happening in my life. I didn't expect that. And certainly a coach would be a great person to have this conversation with you. A friend can do it too, but it's a different experience. A coach will purposefully hold space for you to explore that in all those cardinal directions and beyond, right? In a multidimensional way. And that coach, it could be me. I do work with people one-on-one. It could be a coach that you found in a different arena. It might be somebody you want to work with face-to-face. All of that is okay. If you're interested, send me a message. I'm happy to help you navigate that. But ask that follow-up question. You can perform self-coaching. That is totally possible. It can reach certain limiting points, but also it can be infinite because you have the most wisdom, right? If you're willing to tap into it. So say, oh, well, what did you expect? Right? And is this thing that you didn't expect, is it bad? And if you didn't expect this, why not? Why wasn't this in your realm of possibility? And well, it's here now. So how would you like to feel about it? Do you want to keep feeling surprised? That's okay, right? And honestly, I do have some of these discussions internally with myself, just this question answer interval. How long do you want to be surprised for? Another day, a year, 10 years? What would be the impact if you stayed surprised indefinitely here? And is that okay with you? Sometimes, yeah, right? Like, that's all I got. All I got is to be able to be surprised here. That is okay, right? And there are stages in recovery processes that require us must to hold vigil in that space. And if your answers are, well, no, it doesn't only have to be this way. And I don't know, I just never thought of any other option. And, you know, I think I need a little bit longer here in this state of surprise, but I'd like to not be here much longer then, right? And you fill in the blanks, five days, six days, a year, whatever that might be. And I'm willing to consider that because this is how it is right now, that it's actually how it is supposed to be and there's an opportunity here. And again, this is not to say you have to embrace all those unfortunate things that happen in life. However, again, can I say that again? Yes, <laughs> say all the words here. The gift, right? And like I share with you, the perspective, that's a book by Edith Eager, by the way. And the perspective of so many that I've shared with you who have had these less than ideal circumstances, let's say in their lives, have been able to frame things in such a way that it has brought an element of enrichment. And they may not wish that path again for themselves or for anyone else, but they also know there are some things that take us places we would not have otherwise gone. And absolutely, right, we're not going to wish for some misfortune on ourselves or others. And if we had an opposite opening, we might take it. But if we're in that space right now, to be able to see that and see what can come of this, right, is an opportunity that we have. And so there we are. At the conclusion of this episode, you have turned the final page. Grover is not here. I'm sorry to say I am, (laughs) and I will be at the end of these episodes. That won't be a surprise. So if I'm not at the end of the episode, that would be a surprising factor, just like right snow or not snow in February in northern Michigan, depending on the context of the remainder of the year. So decide how narrow of a view you want to take. If you want to pan out and make things more or less surprising, trust your capacity to be with surprise and open up your curiosity to see why it's happening and how long you're going to linger there. Thank you so much 
for being with me on this episode and all of those. And let me know what surprised you about this. Send that on social media. And if you'd like to open these questions more with the guidance of a coach, reach out to me, thesociopathiclife at gmail.com on Instagram or Facebook or the sociopathiclife.com website. Lots of ways to reach out and see right, if you can shift that relationship with surprise in a way that might just surprise you. This is Dr. Millie Beakey with The Sociopathic Life. Thank you for listening.